The following audio is from Life Centre Church. For more information, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. Um, this morning, we're going to continue our series. So I'm going to invite up um, a few couples. So one of you guys come up, Greg and Kath, um, Barn and Dan, uh, and Rosie's going to come up. I'll give this to you guys. As you can see, we've tried to socially distance um, and married. So, okay, uh, next lot married, and Rosie and I are not married. Um, so, we're, well, I'm married, just not to Rosie. I'm married to Carly. Um, so, we're kind of, yeah. Anyway, let's, let's move on, shall we? Um, we've been in a series uh, called Mr. and Mrs., and we've kind of been exploring uh, relationships and, and different things. Uh, as a part of that, what we wanted to actually explore is just raising... Christian adults is kind of what we're calling this um, panel today. And so the idea is just to glean from some people who have um, got a little bit more wisdom um, than, than most of us, and hopefully they can throw their kids under the bus who are in the room, um, and we can just all have a good laugh at, at Lexi and Mackenzie and others um, as much as, as possible. I'm only joking, guys. Um, so... Before we, before we move on, though, I would love to maybe just get you guys to maybe introduce yourselves, and we might start this way. Introduce yourselves, names, because not everybody knows you, and how many kids you have, and maybe just the context in which you guys find yourselves. The one that's going to be in a lot of trouble is already filming us, I think. But um, my, <laughs> my name's uh, Greg Freeman. It's my wife, Catherine. Um, and we have five children, an expanding family. We have five children, and we have... I guess two ring-ins. We have um, Al's daughter's engaged to Jordan, and we have Nathan, who's Alexandra's uh, boyfriend. So you've been um, telling me you're trying to get rid of Nathan, though. Is that <laughs> you're trying to move him out? There, yeah. no, that's not true it's at all. A conspiracy because Tim's trying to add a, a couple of boys to the mix. So, okay, because he's the only one. Good work, brother. Yeah. So we have four daughters and one son. Yep. And uh, a um, Elizabeth's uh, twenty, and uh, and Rebecca's the youngest. She is uh, fourteen. Awesome. How long have you guys been married? Just for oh, twenty-two. Awesome. Not bad. Very good. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna pass this to Dan <laughs> because he doesn't know how old the kids are. Um, <clears throat> my name is Dan. This is my husband Barney. Um, we have five children. We have one son, four daughters. Way to go. Um, our son Jackson is twenty-two. Our daughter Mackenzie's 20, then we've got an 18-year-old daughter Kaylee, and then Kendall is 10 and Willow is 8. Um, we've been married for four months older than Jackson is, however long that is, so what, 20, 22 and a bit years? It gives you a bit of context. Um, yeah, so 20, 23 this year we've been married. Well, I think most of you know me. My name is Rosie. Um, I am a single parent and grandparent. Is that a thing? It is a thing. Um, I have one son and he is, I think he's 28. I think he turns 29 in September. I was a very young mum. And he's sitting down the back there. Um, I also have a beautiful daughter-in-law, Emma, who's like a daughter. And I have two grandsons. So, you know, an ever-growing family. Awesome. Um, now, often when, uh, when people see others up the front, they tend to think, 
all together, perfect life, always been a joy. Uh, I know for my wife and I, Carly, uh, both grew up in, in broken homes with a lot of dysfunction and my parents were like first Christians um, and so I kind of grew up in a home where it was not always a Christian home and it took a long time for my parents to really grow and mature. Um, and so Carly and I come together, brokenness. Um, Dan, obviously you guys have just kind of <clears throat> opened the window, the fact that um, Jackson was well on his way as you guys got married. Um, can you maybe just talk a little bit, um, just some of your guys' experience, the difficulty of that uh, for you guys in terms of being pregnant before married. I mean, most people here probably didn't know that. Oh, I'm um, sure they did. Um, I tell everybody. I don't, I don't keep <laughs> secrets. What, what was hard about that? What was the hardest thing you guys had to walk through with, um, with that? Hardest thing was, wasn't the first time. Um, <laughs> so we were quite young. We have known each other since 92. So since we were 14, 15. And we've been friends. And we started dating when I was in year 12. Um, yeah, we were not walking with God. I was going to church. Barney's parents, Barney's parents were pastoring a church, so we went along there. When he was home, he was working away. Um, got pregnant, had a miscarriage, was very devastated. Came from a very broken home, um, was a very broken person. Barney was like my saviour, to be honest. Um, he was very reliable and caring. So we decided after that, okay, that was probably a silly thing. Um, so let's do it again. And um, <laughs> <laughs> there we were again. But in the, the three years that passed between those two events, um, we had decided let's get married. We love each other. We want to be married. Um, so we were working towards that. So this kind of catapulted us quite quickly. I think we were engaged for six weeks. Barney was very adamant that was going to happen. We were going to get married. Um, and that was it. We weren't waiting until after our child was born. So we had nothing but love from the church. Once we found out, I thought, okay, I need to sort myself out. So I started going to church regularly and um, not one person um, shamed me, um, made me feel anything less than just a fellow Christian mama-to-be. Um, the church threw me a baby shower. Mm. I felt very unworthy, but they made me feel very loved. So we got married six weeks later, um, and I think we were married for f we married in August. Jackson's born in January, and honestly, we were great friends. So we just loved. We'd never lived together, surprisingly, with all that happening. We'd never lived together, so we got to live together. Um, but it was tough because I was twenty, he was twenty-one. We were children having a child, and um, do you want to share something now? She was really good looking back then too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quickly, the the biggest challenge was. Um, figuring out a plan, um, and the church did help that. We had some particular ladies that you got involved with, which were wonderful. Um, obviously, the outward stress, outward pressure doesn't have to become internalised stress, but it can very quickly. So, um, yeah, looking back, the, the biggest challenge was actually making a plan that we thought might work. So, But we are gifted with some good people around us, so it got reasonably easy. It was never great. <laughs> like, it was pretty stressful, but it was pretty... It was pretty easy to be success with um, everything around us at the time. Great. Rosie, you single mum? Yes. So obviously different from the rest of us yeah, that are up different. here where we've had a, a spouse with us as we try to raise children. So what's been one of the hardest things for you? Um, I've been thinking about this question a lot and I actually chatted to Mitch about it on and off over the past week. Listen, to be really honest... <laughs> The hardest thing was before we came back to church because our, our, my life was a mess. So I had a little, maybe two and a half, three-year-old 
So that was super hard to come back to church. But through his primary school years, even early high school, if I'm really honest, it, it actually wasn't that hard. Mm-hmm. Like there was the normal stresses of life and the normal things that happened. But we surrounded ourselves, because we had no choice really, with a church family from the get-go. And so our whole, the rhythms of our life were church. That was our priority and small group. Um, we couldn't have done it by ourselves. My, me alone and just my family that I had was not enough. We, I needed these guys. And so through all of the ups and downs of raising a child as a single parent, I had an extended family with me through all of those years. So the hardest part was not that bit. It was probably when trying to raise a teenage boy to a man and I found that the most challenging bit of mm. all of it because I didn't have, I realised I didn't have the goods to help him transition. So I had to call on people like these guys here to speak into that part of my life that I couldn't do. So that was the hardest bit, mm. trying to get this boy or trying to, to journey with him to adulthood. Mm. Super challenging. Yeah, great. How about you guys? Is the hardest thing just been married to him? Has that been the, no, the hardest bit? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your story. Um. Okay. Um, so uh, my parents were first um, generation Christian, I guess, and um, I have two older siblings and they're eight and ten years older than me. So um, my, our family's kind of split into two in some ways because mum and dad weren't Christians well, when they had those children and then they started going to church when I was born mm-hmm. and my younger brother. So it's, it's, there's two sort of mm. um, variants in our family. So um, my younger brother Craig and I uh, always went to Sunday school, always went to church, but um, I chose a different path um, and left home and, and uh, went the, a different path for about 10 years. And then Kath and I met uh, when we, I came, I was in the Navy for 10 years and I left the Navy, uh, started working at the convention centre where I met Catherine and uh, everything uh, went uh, from there and we got married. But uh, there was four years of period where I needed to sort myself out and Catherine was uh, a real rock through that for me. And uh, we, we went back to church together and then we got married and, mm. and had our five wonderful children That's in a very awesome. short period of time, seven years. <laughs> All right, we'll stay here with you guys. Um, Rosie's just said for her the hardest part was that young boy to teenage years. Uh, obviously, you've got kids that, of different ages and so you've been through... Um, a lot of the early years as well as now the more mature years. What has been the hardest sort of age or stage of raising Christian adults for you? Right guys? now? Right now. No. Um, so, yes, we had, um, we had three girls in three years and then um, just after uh, two years we had Tim. Um, and when he was nine weeks old and the eldest was um, almost five, or just five, we actually left Brisbane. Um, and moved away to central Queensland to a little country town of about 3,000. Um, that was a huge adventure for us. And um, But I can echo what um, Rosie is saying because one of the first things we did was go to church and surround ourselves with church. So we immediately had support and, mm. um, and a family. Um, but uh, And then uh, while we were in, in uh, Mara, we had Rebecca as well. Um, so five children in seven years... Um, is a whirlwind. Um, I don't even know what we were thinking. We just... (laughs) (laughs) 
And people ask us all the time, you know, how do you do it? What do you do? You know, and it's, it's only honestly by the grace of God. Um, but as, I guess, physically demanding as those years are, um, it's the next stage which is really um, the hard work. So I, someone once told me and explained it like this, is that the young years, um, the early years are hard years, hard work, and then the teenage years are heart work. Mm. Uh, that's where your heart gets squeezed. Um, and I just, I look back just recently, a lot of the um, photos of, of the kids when they were younger and growing up and, you know, there's just, they were all, all you know, photos of joy and laughing. We were always camping and doing things and, um, and you know, even though there's plenty of, you know, wonderful, great times now, I think, um, and perhaps because we're in that season um, now, is that it's, it's very on your knees work. Yeah. Um, not on your knees changing nappies, it's on your knees praying mm. um, and just beseeching God and coming before his throne continually, bringing those children. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that we went in unprepared, but I certainly went in naive going, you know, I was a very compliant child, I was a very good child. My children will all be the same. Um, and when they're younger, they, they just do exactly what you're told, sort of. You control everything that they mm. wear, they control where they go, what they do, what they have. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden... You can't control them anymore. Mm. And for a control freak, <laughs> that's really, really hard. Um, so, yeah, it has been very, very challenging. Um, but, you know, God is gracious. God is mm. good. And, um, and you know, he, he gets us through yeah. um, all the time. Continue. Yeah, I was going to ask, is, that, is it more around that idea of not being out of control Choices, behaviour, is that kind of the piece? Um, It's about them beginning to work out, I guess, um, their own um, faith with fear and trembling. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've said it yourself. At the moment, uh, well, when they're younger, their their faith is just based on what they see in their parents. But, you know, as they begin to... It's just part of that um, adolescent age. um, They begin to explore their boundaries and push their boundaries um, and... You know, it was very challenging for us um, because we we actually had, um, you know, extraordinarily period of eight days where we had five teenagers. So our youngest, our eldest daughter turned 19, and our youngest um, was, I think, thir- had just turned 13. For eight days, we had five <laughs> teenagers. So it's crazy, um, but um, yeah, it just yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing lots of nodding. Going on over there with uh, with Barn and Dan. Yeah, five teenagers. I, I I don't understand. You have to repeat that. <laughs> we did it backwards. We had spaces. Um, yeah, I, I just agree with that. I mean, the current challenge is very different to initial challenge, but our largest challenge was the middle season for us. I mean, we we got some really good kids, and I can tell you guys got some great kids. But the the real challenge was that. We were having two more when we decided to have teenagers. We just thought, let's just blend stupidity with awkward. <laughs> um, so we did that. It was great fun. Not really. Um, no, it was just really difficult for me in particular, um, trying to raise a man, because uh, i got my son, uh, and try to be gentle and patient with daughters is often difficult with someone that's male, because they're dumb. Um, <laughs> And then, um, you know, adjusting to the little children was really challenging. Uh, but we were in a healthy place at the time. But I didn't foresee the challenge that um, uh, another dominant male in the house can deliver. 
Mm. Um, that was my biggest challenge was trying to balance out testosterone with babies and teenagers. That was a challenging mm. season. Mm. Um, yeah, toilet training and teaching to drive at the same time is a bit of a mind game. Um, but we did, you know, from my perspective, it was, I, I mean, I was one that really, really wanted the extra children. So we had so, uh, five kids in 14 years. So we really spread that out. But um, for me, I think the biggest challenge has been, I'm a, I'm a control freak, same as you. Um, and everyone here who knows me knows the challenge that I have of um, uh, wanting my children to serve God and wanting to make that happen. So mm. that's probably been the biggest challenge for me. So, you know, when you teach a child in the way they should go, when they're old, they won't depart from it. Holding on to that scripture. Um, so Barney and I um, have always, we've been part of this community forever since we got married. So our children have grown up in church. They've grown up with us having life groups in our house, with me leading worship, um, reading our Bible, talking to them about stuff as we go along. You know, lots of car drives with worship music, which our son could not stand. Um, and at some point they, like Kathy said, have to figure out their own faith with fear and trembling. And much to our joy and, and by God's grace, our two older daughters got baptised earlier this year, you. which was a huge event uh, as a mum and as a dad, I'm sure you can appreciate. Um, we have a son who is not walking with the Lord, so that is the challenge for me. Um, that's probably always been my challenge and my fear. Barney's very good at just handing stuff over to God in faith, whereas I'm like, I need to know that he's mm. in your hands. Mm. And um, so just being really real with you there, that's where we're at, um, regular prayer. But when they have their own cars and they're adults and they're 22, it's very difficult um, because the days are long but the years are short. So when you're in that time when they're little and they're hassling you and they're not, you know, they're not sleeping, you can often wish away that time but... Like Kathy said, it's hard work, um, but that's where we learn and that's where Barney and I grow together and trust in God that he um, has our children in his hands. And, um, and then your daughter gets a boyfriend and that's a whole nother thing because we don't know what we're doing with that. So, um, but we love Joshy. He's the best, aren't you, Josh? So, yeah, there's so many challenges, guys. Have lots of kids and be really challenged. Yeah. <laughs> well, this leads us to our next question, which is obviously we're being honest and saying that there is complexity and difficulty um, but there's also a lot of joy. Yeah. There's a lot of great, uh, great joy in having kids. And um, so maybe, Rosie, we'll start with you. Like, what, is, what has been an area where you've just really enjoyed and seen God's good grace um, as you've, yeah, experienced it? Um, yeah. It, look. It's I'm, a hard one, I know. Oh, it's, it's a yeah. tough one to think, you know. No. <laughs> Poor Mitch. <laughs> I look honestly. It's been a flash. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's been two weeks since he was little, and and here we are here. Um, look, I think one of the biggest joys is watching him raise his children. Mm. Um, I actually uh, texted him last night and said, "Can you answer some of these questions? Because I'm going to be speaking. But what do you think?" And to hear him speak back to me, things that I had no idea about, um, is a joy, an absolute joy. Mm. Um, seeing the things that I had, because I was such a busy, you know, not super involved, not super present mother. Like I, I 
really, to be honest, that's what our life was because you're doing it on your own and you have to, you know, you've got to get the thing done. Mm. But um, he said to me, um, that I said, what, how have I if in any way helped shape your faith? And he said to me, <laughs> really simple, uh, that's how he started. You always read your Bible and you prayed so I could see and you took me to church. I wasn't a great mother. <laughs> I wasn't a great nurturer, but I think, um, oh, far out, sorry. I just tried to do simple things and do them over and over and over again mm. and really that was it. And so the joy of hearing that, hmm. when you think you're meant to be a parent that's got it all together, super involved, you know, you're solving all the problems, you really, mm, it's get into a community, let your kids see you do stuff and just repeat, just repeat that stuff. And to hear your 28-year-old tell you that that's, that's what he remembers that is an absolute joy because I don't feel like I was a great raiser. Of, I didn't disciple him very well. I don't remember a lot of family devotions, but I repeated stuff mm. in my brokenness and hopelessness. And, you know, like, I, yeah, so I don't have a lot of big answers. Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of parents every week and I see what an amazing job they do and how full of angst they are because they feel like they're not doing a great job. Mm. And I think of what I did. Mm. So the great joy is that I have an adult son who's raising sons who said he's now going to do that with his kids. <sighs> like you don't have to be here. Yeah. Just do the little things regularly. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm going to just, on the back of that, I often speak with many of you and many parents outside of our church who feel this weight of... Um, inadequacy and not doing a great job and I always ask do your kids feel loved that's the job <laughs> you know it's this sense of yeah we can you know we read all things we see all the the memes that go up you know you're watching all the Instagram stories um, but there's this primary sense of our kids feeling loved and cared for um, despite our brokenness despite our insufficiencies and inadequacies that are you know massively so if you are a, particularly a mum in the room and you're feeling like you're not doing a great job, does your kid feel loved by you? Great job. So, um, Dan, Ban Dan, uh, some joys, some great grace um, that you've experienced as you wipe away the tears. <clears throat> Definitely um, being able to go back and have children in my 30s um, has, was a great joy to me because I got to do it with you and Carly. You guys were having your kids. My brother was having his kids. So just being older and more, you know, not worrying about what other people think um, and just enjoying that time of being a mum with little ones um, has been a great joy. And those little girls have brought huge joy to our house. So um, if you follow me on Instagram, you will see that I do post a lot of things because the relationship that they have with their siblings is amazing and um, by God's grace, you know, Jackson's the only boy. So for him, and he's very much a, an introverted kind of likes to be on his own. Um, but with the older two girls, we sort of got 
the same personality born again. So we've got two Mackenzies. So Mackenzie and Willow are very, very similar and Kendall and Kaylee are very similar. But the way that our girls have um, and Jackson has learnt, you know, just this is how you have babies and this is what you do, this is how you feed babies and how you change your nappies and they can bring so much joy. So probably that has been joyful. But honestly, having adults um, is a huge joy. It's hard but... Um, I like my kids so much. Like, I really like them um, and they're really great people. And I think that's because we've just always tried to be um, real with them and have fun with them. We're, Barney's mental. I mean, if you know Barney, he's crazy. Um, he doesn't try – he's trying to be all, like, serious now, but he's really crazy. Um, and they've, they've been brought up with that fun kind of, you know, we're not perfect parents. And like Callum said, when I woke up this morning, I felt extremely inadequate. I was texting – a child at 4am saying, where are you? And having to battle with that control of, you know. So very inadequate. But I tell you, um, if you persist and love them and you, you, you tell them about God and the hard things and the good things, all within reason, don't burden them, but um, that brings huge joy. My kids come and lie on my bed at night. My, my big son, he's 6'4", he lies on the bed and the two girls and we laugh and talk and Barney has to leave the room because he can't stand the noise. <laughs> That brings so much joy to me. The, the Barney leaving part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm re- relatively serious because I get full of anxiety when I talk about myself, but thank you. Um, two joys for us, or for me, very similar to Dan, but my two joys um, is watching my older kids raise my younger kids and that acceptance. It was quite a journey for me to make the sacrifice of having more. I really wanted my freedom in my 50s, but it looks like I'm getting it in my mid-80s. <laughs> So um, the goal there was I refused to have more kids if it affected the three we had. The responsibility is the four people under my roof, not the two ones I didn't have. So seeing that goal in fruition brings me great joy because that's a 12-year, 14-year plan. So be patient with the joy. Um, It will come. And the second joy is when I leave the room and the older kids have this weird relationship with the mum. It's just too noisy. It's too much of conversation. I have to leave the room to enjoy it. It does sound weird to most people, but I can't always sit at the table after dinner because there's six people and it's just like geese at all volumes. I I can't do sound. Um, Honestly, I have sensitive ears or something, but it brings me great joy to see that relationship. I have a good relationship with my kids, but they had this weird gabbly gob with their mum and it's really joyful to see that because that will be there forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a short-term thing. So again... The patience is my joy. I see it now, but I know when my kids are in their mid-50s, I'll still call their mum in their, her 70s. Mm-hmm. I'm not maths, but yes, yeah, so that brings me joy, seeing that today. Great. How about, what about you guys, Greg and Kev? Actually, not, not too dissimilar, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, we uh, love uh, our children. We love being with them. And uh, when, we, when they were growing up and they were little... We'd take them a little athletics and we'd all go together and I'd all play basketball and, and we're always always camping and we're always together. Um, and that's really our focus is, mm. is being a family and being a unit. And um, But I, I have to agree with Barney and Dan. As once now they, they sit around the table and uh, Jordan and Nathan join. There's uh, nine of us and, um, and it's just everyone's just talking and we try and get some control um, of... <laughs> One at a time, and that lasts about a second or two, and then, and then it's in, and uh, it's really, really is um, quite a blessing to have that um, around the kitchen table, 
and we, we, we did it last night. Nathan wasn't with us last night, but uh, uh, our oldest daughter and Jordan uh, joined us and uh, she provided dinner and we just uh, had a great time just talking and then watching them play games as well. They play a lot of games together, Game of Life and all, all different sort of games and uh, just the, the friendship and the, and the conversation. And Gabby said this morning, she said, we went to bed last night, they were watching uh, Civil War, I think it is, and um, they said, I wonder what they're going to say this morning. And I said, they were all talking about um, what mum and dad were going to say this morning. So <laughs> I said, watch out. They were scared. <laughs> um, so this morning we're, we're kind of talking about raising adults rather than raising children. I think there's a... I think there's an important distinction there that many people miss is that many of us, particularly when we've got young kids, we're just focused on just getting through this. Um, But we're also talking about raising Christian adults. Um, Maybe again, we'll start from here and go this way. Um, What what have you found? Like, why do you think that is an important distinction to make? What have you found was actually helpful for you in the younger years in terms of thinking through how to raise Christian adults? What What has been helpful for you guys? Um, it's interesting the way you put that because I don't think we ever thought about the fact that we were, you know, raising adults. We were just getting from one year to the next. Um, and so, um, and maybe that's why we were kind of unprepared for adolescence because we just thought it would be a continuation, extension of, you know, that, those lovely years. But I'd actually like to also probably um, say that the younger years, even though, you know, we painted them as really great and fun, they, um, and that they were hard, in the interest of transparency, um, I think one of the things that really um, came as a bit of a surprise to me was that I never realised um, that I had the capacity for such anger until I had children. Um, I always thought myself quite a you know, level-headed, calm person um, and having children, have young children, really brought out an extraordinary anger um, mm. and, you know, exploding unexpectedly just you know Mm -hmm. um like a volcano and you know I remember smashing my hand against a bench once to the point where it was almost broken Mm. um and just doing um, you know probably horrendous things um Mm. hopefully they forget all those things Mm. I think they do (laughs) but it is so I was gonna say I don't don't know what you're talking about yeah um (laughs) but God's grace covers that um, and yeah. I just love the fact that, you know, you can go to him, you can ask for forgiveness um, in your brokenness and just, you know, just let him repair you and move yeah. on. Um, and you don't hold on to those things. So. Yeah. And also being vulnerable with your children and, and asking for their forgiveness, going mm-hmm. and apologising and saying, I stuffed up, I did yeah. the wrong thing. So that kind of leads to a bit of the faith question because um, one of the things we've tried to do is just be authentic in our faith um, I think the children would probably agree that for us, praying to God is as natural as talking to each other. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter what's happening. If something goes wrong, we stop and we go, you know, we should pray about that. Let's do that yeah. now. That's great. And we just stop. Um, so that has been from, from the very beginning. Um, I would say that I grew up in a nominal Christian home um, where I went to, um, my parents sent me to, like an after-school Bible club when I was um, in grade three and I got saved there. I went to a Christian high school, um, but we didn't go to church, so there was a lot of secularism in our home. Mm-hmm. One of the things my mum did do was she um, got the three of us children together every morning before school and prayed and we went through devotions and things like that. So that was really instilled in me. So I felt like um, that that was something I really needed to do with my children and begin to, to sort of do devotions with them 
um, whether it's morning, evening, um, and when when I went back to church um, in that time that Greg was sort of uh, alluded to earlier on, um, when we sort of, I guess, found God again, from that point on, church has been part of our bedrock. It's been our foundation. Um, it's, um, you know, the children would know nothing other than growing mm. up in church and mm-hmm. sitting in church. Small churches, big churches, um, everything in between. So... Um, but I don't believe that that's, you know, where they, they get saved. Um, they can't just rely on church alone. It actually has to happen in the home as well. So mm. um, Bible reading devotions. And that looks completely different at different stages of life. Um, but, you know, and, and praying with the children individually um, and, yeah, trying, you know, to just work it out as yeah. you go along. Yeah. Can we stay here? Um, so... Speaking of NAFE even, and I think I, you guys even mentioned it um, recently that you guys went away and were still doing some type of family devotion, um, even with kids at this age. Um, what has that looked like at different times and different ages where you... Uh, what has been effective, not effective? Like, how did you kind of, I guess, be flexible with that? It's easier. It was easier when they were younger because there was a lot of structure. Um, and there was also... Um, not as many things going on um, like sport, um, homework, assignments. Children have their own cars, they go off to work and things like Mm. that. So the actual, um, you know, being able to find a time to get all the children together um, is really, really challenging. And and actually coming to that decision that we can't wait till they're all together, Mm -hmm. we actually, if there's only three children, we have to do it. If there's only Mm -hmm. two children, and that's a real... Um, bit of a, a mindset for us. So I think what happened was is we went away for a week up the coast earlier this year on holidays and we went, right, we're all together. We're all in this house together. Nathan stayed with us as well. Now is the time. It had really been on my heart. I'd been very, very challenged um, about, you know, I guess some of the behaviour, some of the things that were going on. Um, you know, maybe their faith hadn't been as, as, as strengthened recently because we hadn't been doing devotion. So we decided that um, I'd purchased this awesome book, which is actually very much similar to this whole sort of series that we're doing, um, you know, about who we are as males and females, etc. And we started to work through that. And I'll admit it was going really, really well. And we're halfway through. Um, <laughs> and then we hit the stumbling blocks when we went back to school. So yeah. halfway through the year, we're still trying to work through it. Yeah. Um, but that gets interspersed with, hey, we don't have time to sit down and do a 20 to 30 minute devotion. What can we do? Let's just read a passage of the Bible mm-hmm. and sing. Um, and that's something else is that singing for us has been huge. Um, I'd say mm. that none of us are musicians except for Nathan. Um, so, but we do. We sing. Uh, we've always had worship music on. It's the first thing I you know, put on in the morning. I love Sons of Korah uh, who mm. just sing the Psalms mm. um, in the car and also teaching the children um, how to sing all the hymns. So mm. I uh, managed to get a hold of a whole stack of hymn books from a, a church um, that we were in that was getting rid of them. And I went, they are full of truth. They are full of incredible, um, you know, things that... Mm. Um, and for some reason they are so singable and the children remember them and they know them. Yeah. I don't think they're their favourites, but I noticed that when we sing the hymns, they just know all the words and yeah. they love it. Yeah, so, great. Yeah. That's awesome. But then what about for you guys? Um, so it's definitely changed over the years. Like when the kids were little, we tried the dinner table 
Meals with Jesus, we've done, there's, I don't know, it's got a picture of a face on it. I can't remember what that was. We did that. We've <laughs> never been very consistent at the family devotions um, thing. We, yeah, so that's definitely, you know, where we've been. Now that they, the little girls have their own one that I buy them and they can work through that themselves, which is lovely. And the older girls um, have their own one that they can work through as well. And then our son, I sort of slipped him something. <laughs> he didn't burn it or rip it up, so that's all good. Um, and then we do our – but we kind of model, like, I guess they see us do our devotions in the morning. We are not perfect parents. Like, we are, we are not um, <laughs> by any means. And we are very flawed, but we're also very open with our children about, you know, when we are flawed and we will uh, apologise and um, – do that. So I just want to preface with that because sometimes I feel like, like Colm said, we're up the front here and, you know, we are fun people. We love our family. We look like we have fun, but there are definitely hard times. And the anger thing is something I can definitely attest to. Um, I think I dislodged something on my finger one day because I banged the bench so hard when the kids were really little. Mm, big anger problems. If you want to know if you get angry, have kids, you'll find out. Um, but probably just the... We just try and model, I guess, and, you know, we have one child that's really not interested, um, so doing a family devotion is not going to work um, without causing um, anxiety um, and frustration around the table, so we have to be wise about how and when we speak things, and when there's an opportunity for me to pray uh, with my son, I will very carefully and respectfully ask him, may yeah. I do that, um, you know, and if he doesn't want me to, I'm not going to push it. Um, but where that's where we're at, and that's probably uh, the older girls. Like I said, they got um, baptized, and it's been such a joy for them to walk their own journey. You know, Kaylee and Josh are dating. They will have to learn how they are going to walk out their faith together as a couple. Um, but yeah, I guess we just try and model. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, first part of the question. I think for us, um, I've never raised children. I've always thought of myself as to raise adults. Um, uh, Danny, I was more in the moment as a mum, but I've always been very, what do I want them to be like in the long term? Um, so that's was simple for me, very difficult for you, and that's where conflict comes because we actually got two different schedules. Mm. Um, so balancing the schedule is important because I'm a bit more patient, um, though I'm eight times the anger. Um, I can punch down a wall without a hammer. <laughs> hey, Trev, you patched up a few. Um, but the other thing is, um, I would say that community, we were very heavily um, community focused. We've got, I'm one of five, she's one of five, so a lot of family. So we definitely make sure that family's around a lot and that we're in the church community a lot and we make sure our kids are in that. Uh, we didn't get to the sport and the other sort of stuff, which is fine, but we just spent more time with lunches with other family members and other church members, so we kept them. I would say all my kids' best friends are probably within the church or very close to that community. So mm. that's been two things we've done well, I think. Mm. Okay. You got that added, Rosie? Oh, look, all I say is hindsight's twenty twenty. So I wish that I had understood what a disciple is and, and raised a disciple. Um, and I wish I'd understood the gospel more. So um, when encouraging him to come to me with his messes and his sorries and gently responding to that. I wish I'd understood that more, modelled that kind of rhythm. Um, so if I could go back, I would do 
those two things a little bit better. And the other thing is, like, wherever he, like Dan said, I think, displayed an interest in something. So we did a lot of Kurong trips, right? You know, I bought a book on... Oh, okay, I won't tell you because some of them are teenage boy books. And, oh, but I used to try and target... Where, wherever he was at, I'd put a resource in his hand or, or whatever it might be. Um, when he got really interested in apologetics, I kind of went there with him. So like what Dan said, grabbing those moments. But again, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm. Where We look like a certain way. No, we're just as messy as the next person. Yeah. Uh, one thing just that we we have tried to do, we're also not great in this space, is we do a thing called our up, down and across. If you've ever sat at our dinner table, you've had to participate in that. Um, our, it's just trying to help our kids to think of one thing they want to thank God for today, which is the up. It's kind of like, where have you seen God's grace? The down is giving them freedom to talk about something that's been a struggle today. So where, where would you like to see more of God's grace today? What's something that went wrong? And we talk about that. And then across is, where, where have you shown someone grace today or experienced someone sharing grace with you? Um, so we also struggle with the family devotions. We try the morning. We're, I'm often way too stressed and need to get to work. And so we're trying to at dinner tables and we're up and down. But one of our consistent things has been that of just opening dialogue around God, grace, and trying to help our, our kids uh, do that. Um, all right, let's finish um, with this. We'll start with you, Rosie, and then we'll come back this way. Um, if you have, have to give anyone a piece of advice today or a bit of wisdom, uh, what would you like to leave um, with those of us here who are trying to raise Christian adults? Okay. What I would say is that God is a God of the big picture. He sees the end game. So we are stuck in our day-to-day, but the Lord, you know, he knows what's ahead and he knows where your children are headed. He holds them in the palm of his hand. You partner with him in your brokenness and it's not about you, it's about a good God that we serve. And so um, I just want to encourage you in that, that um, the Lord is at work don't give up, don't despair. The Lord is at work. You partner with him. Allow the, allow the gospel to change and transform you from the inside out and get planted in a gospel-centered community and stick into that community through thick and thin. That's what I would say. Um, I have two things on the back of that. Definitely the community thing. There are people in this room that love and adore my children almost as much as I do because they have been part of this community growing up and they're invested. We have people that will, my daughter will message when she's struggling, um, you know, to pray for her, people that celebrate her wins, you know, that is priceless uh, to have a community of believers around you that are praying for you as parents that are loving your children and, and welcoming them and embracing them. Like that's, been huge like whenever our kids have had a party for like a big event 90% of the people they invite even our son has been people from this room from our life group because they're the people that love them and that they love and know so make an effort be part of your community invest in your community and let people invest in you Um, it goes both ways that's 
that's that thing for sure. And the second thing would be it's not too late. Um, no matter how long you've been a parent for, it's not too late to start allowing God to sanctify you, change you, to humble you. It's not too late to say sorry if you need to say sorry. Um, yeah, just start today, I think, is probably, yeah, just because, you know, our kids, Mackenzie's being so quiet over there. But, you know, if if I've done something, it's not too late for me to start today, even though she's 20. Um, I think that's really important. God doesn't give up on us. He doesn't go, okay, no, you're done. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think um, let's start with God. Um, God's pretty patient. Uh, we as humans are not. That's kind of simple. Um, God is outside of time and we're stuck to this decaying body, which was pretty cool 10 years ago, but now it is getting old. Um, the reality is, is um, like God came back for us and he had to wait for the timing. So timing is critical to God. Like he just gets it right. You do not. Um, so don't just be more patient with your kids. Uh, be more patient with the growth um, and get into God for that timing of when do I confront something. Like conf- confrontation is, is key how you do that. Um, I'm quite anti-confrontation, but when I do it, I do a really good job of smashing the heck out of it. <laughs> so what I've had to learn is to be patient, talk to God about when I confront certain things, um, put him into that conversation, because every time I've done it, it's been pretty average, hey. <laughs> uh, every time we've got that timing right, um, the result might not be in front of me, but the result is in the fruit later. So, so even when you do confront as much as you can in the right season, the right timing. It doesn't always look good, but it turns out pretty good later. So I so say that's pretty important. With uh, Less important with kids. Like You can just crush them and they forget. <laughs> um, but with teenagers, um, as a teenager myself, at once still am, I have really solid memories of poor confrontation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can haunt me. So I, I prefer if I didn't do that. So and by grace of God, he'll make them forget when I did it wrong. Hey, kids. <laughs> Um, look, uh, these guys have said most of uh, what I had to say, but I think a couple of key things we talked about this morning that uh, resonate and what I'd say from a wisdom perspective is love. Uh, we talked about that, is loving your children and, um, and really displaying that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think community uh, was another key word for me and, um, mm. and then being part of the church family sh- displays that. Like you may not be fully engrossed in the whole community, but by just coming and seeing how community should be. Um, is something that we've learned because sometimes in our family, our extended family, that's not necessarily mm. the case. So mm-hmm. it's really important to display that community. And I think just being part of their life and um, wanting, wanting to be part of their life and, and always wanting to um, be with them uh, is, is, uh, and displaying uh, those values that we um, hold dear to um, is something I think is uh, any sort of parting wisdom that I would have for anyone this morning. Awesome, Um, Two things, I think. The first one, uh, similar to what Dan said, is um, for me, the story's not over yet. It's never over. And um, some of our darkest days have, are behind us. And there may be, I'm sure there's going to be some ahead, but the story's never over. Um, and, you know, there's going to, it's just like seasons. There's, there's difficult seasons and then there's joyful light seasons. Um, and the other thing is, really, really enjoy your children. Um, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. We have a lot of fun 
um, with each other and with our children. Laughter is, is a huge um, value for us. Laughter can diffuse mm. the most horrendous, um, you know, arguments and stuff and that's something that Greg has taught me, you know. He will just, you know, make a joke or laugh at me and you know, whatever we were arguing about doesn't matter anymore. Mm. Um, so we have a lot of fun. We poke a lot of fun at each other. Mm. Builds resilience too. Um, but we just, we like to do a lot of things with our children um, and, and have done up to this point and we're finding now that our eldest daughter, even though she lives up the, the coast and she's, you know, she's in her last year of uni and she's getting ready to get married, every spare moment she has, she wants to come back home. Mm. She comes back home and if she can't come back home, we go up there. If mm. we've got a spare afternoon on a Saturday or Sunday, we'll go up there and meet her, you know, for a swim or to have a meal or just to kick a ball and throw a frisbee in the park um, and just again, have a lot of fun because it's just the joy of the Lord really is your strength. Mm. And there's, it's not too late to start doing that either. So, yeah, yeah. Awesome. play with them yeah. no matter how old they are. It's great. It's good to have you guys part of our church family too and getting some of your wisdom this morning. Now, you haven't been here long. Um, you've been with us pretty much just from the beginning of the year, but we really value your insight today. Uh, Barn Dan, thank you. Rosie, thank you. Can we give these guys a hand? Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Life Centre Church located in North Lakes. We exist to make, mature and multiply disciples in communities that depend upon, declare and display the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of life. If you would like more information about us, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. We provide our podcasts free of charge. Please feel free to download the content and share it with others but please do not edit or alter the content in any way without the written permission from the leadership of LCC.